0: Good morning. It is Friday, July 9th, and this is the Commuter Devotional. My name is Chuck, and I'm so glad that you have decided to join us today as we seek to engage our God in scripture and prayer before the busyness of our day begins. Hope you had a good week. It is Friday, which means we're going to use today to begin preparing our hearts and minds for the weekend. We've had a rhythm that we've gone through almost every week since we started this podcast. Monday we always pray for global missions, Wednesdays we always pray through a psalm, and Fridays we use to begin preparing our hearts for the Lord's Day. We do this because we know that we're creatures that if we don't have some sort of structure in place, we begin to wander and we lose discipline fast. So having a little rhythm that we go through keeps us focused on the goal of this podcast. Today we're going to look at the end of chapter 1 of James. James is a book we've been in for, what, two weeks now? And we've seen how practical this book is. James is a straight shooter, and he can't get much sharper than his words to us today. So let me read our passage for us, I'll pray, and then we will dive right into it. This is James chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Let's pray together. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, we, just like our passage yesterday, we want to be people who understand this passage well and hope that it describes us well. We want to be people who bridle our tongue. We want to be people who practice the true religion. So God, won't you help us today? Amen. Well, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but two days in a row now, James has exhorted his readers to not deceive themselves. Yesterday, he said, but be doers of the world and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. And in our passage today, he says, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. James is really focused here making sure that the Christians who are reading his letter are following the true religion, that their lives reflect what the goodness of the gospel is actually about. This is really important for James and for being a Christian. Multiple times throughout scripture, we are called to be holy, set apart, a distinct people for God. And James, at the end of this first chapter, is setting aside two main areas where Christians deceive themselves into thinking they're doing the right things, that they are actually Christians, but aren't at all. They're not practicing the way that scripture has told us to practice. Yesterday he said we do this by reading the word and hearing it, but not being doers. And today he says we do that by not bridling our tongue. How many of us have at one point in our lives, perhaps even now, have had issues where we aren't good at bridling our tongue? Scripture is littered with passages about being careful with what we say, having self-control over what actually spills out of our mouths. James takes time here to say that if we don't bridle our tongue, if we don't practice self-control, our religion is worthless. Religion that is pure, the good kind of religion, Is marked by a few distinct things that James especially calls out here. He says, visiting orphans and widows in their affliction and keeping ourselves unstained from the world. In Roman culture, the culture that this was written to, if you were a widow or an orphan, you were the outcast of society. And so for us in our modern context, this can be taken a couple different ways. Number one, it could be taken to visit widows and orphans, and be a part of the foster care system, and adopt children without parents. It could be to take in a widow, make her a part of your family, help her raise your kids, be a part of your weekly shopping routine, anything to just care for her. It could mean that, and it could mean even something broader. Like I said, in Roman culture, these were the outcasts of society. They had no role to play, and were a lot of times left really to die. And James says we don't do that as Christians. We reach out to the outcast. And so in our modern context, what would that look like? What would it look like for you to be a person who cares about the outcasts, the ones that society disregards? We live in a complicated society, don't we? Sometimes it's hard to to even describe or find out who the outcasts are. We can hide behind personas and online profiles and not really know who are outcasts among us. So if you want to interpret this in a broader sort of scope, which I think is appropriate, well, you have to get out there, my friends. We have to be Christians who engage our world, engage people's hearts, find out who is struggling, who has society left behind, and be lovers of those sort of people, caring for them in their affliction. And the second thing he says is that we should be unstained from the world. As I've gotten older, this is a passage, or this idea at least, is something I've taken more and more seriously. That Christians are supposed to be distinct from the world. I used to be a person who would defend folks who engaged with the culture and engaged with the world for the sake of knowing what was going on and sharing the gospel with them. My perspective has changed on this, and I'm not going to try to convince anyone that my perspective is right, or that we need to not watch certain TV shows or anything like that. But I am saying, and I do want to try to push us today to consider what James is saying here. He has twice now given us markers to make us distinct from the world. And he ends chapter 1 by saying that we must be people, we must be Christians who are unstained from the world. We must look at our lives as we go into our weekend and ask the Lord to help us to see where the world has stained us. Do we look more like the world or do we look more like God's people? This is a question we should always be asking ourselves. So let me close us in prayer. Our God in heaven, as we go into our weekend now, would we ask that you help us prepare our hearts for the Lord's day God, we want to come in to Sunday with our hearts and our families and our work schedules and everything aligned and ready to hear the word preached to us, to take of the Lord's Supper, to fellowship with other believers. Lord, we enjoy coming to church and being with you. And so, God, we ask your help. Lord, prepare us, calm us down, settle our hearts so that we can be a people who are fully engaged with you on the Lord's Day. Lord, we pray from the Scripture today that you help us bridle our tongues. Help us care for the outcasts around us help us care for people in their affliction and lord most of all show us where we have been stained from the world we want to look like christians on our pilgrimage to eternity we want to look distinct we want to look like your people because we know that that glorifies and honors you so won't you help us lord we pray these things in your son's name now may the god of peace who brought again from the dead our lord jesus